On today's episode of the Wave Podcast, Super Bowl week, big games here. We've been waiting all year for it. We've been talking about it for two weeks. This week, Scoot and I finally got to dive into it. I dove into the numbers, both sides of the ball, Kansas City and Philadelphia. Who's got the edge, where they have the edge, and ultimately, if we think this game is going to be close or not. Before we get into our Super Bowl talk, we have a couple housekeeping items about the Ravens that we have to touch on. OC search is still going on. A couple dudes got second interviews this week. Marlo was doing some Pro Bowl recruiting as always. And I mean, this just comes every week, but we had to talk a little bit about Lamar. Uh, Also regarding the Ravens, some potential free agency targets to keep our eyes on uh, as we look to the horizon in the next few weeks or so. Back to the Super Bowl. We talk, like I said, we talk everything Super Bowl. We talk the matchups, we talk the units, uh, and we're also talking betting. Obviously, with the big game comes big game betting. We both have a lot of thoughts to give out as far as who we think is going to cover, who we think is going to win, what the total is going to be. And I give a full slate of props for you guys. And at the end of the episode, Scoot and I both give our final predictions for the Super Bowl, who we think is going to win, what the final score is going to be. So hope you tune in to the end. Hope you guys are tailing us or fading us. Without further ado, here we go. Super Bowl episode, episode 40. podcast today is friday february 10th 2023 and we are just days away from the super bowl but first scott how are you doing doing good brother doing good you know just getting by this weather the last couple days have just been one that i kind of wanted to sit out my on my my little sofa chair outside yesterday with my my balls hanging out and just wanted to hang out and enjoy myself a little cup of coffee and it felt great. The weather's felt great. Um, I can just I can just feel sports. Football's ending, which is upsetting, but we got baseball right around the corner, my guy. Doing good. Yeah, that's that's true. That's good. I'm glad to hear you're doing well. Uh, yeah, the weather last yesterday, Wednesday, was just a treat. It was unbelievable. I had I had the windows open. I was working from home. It was just so so nice. Drove yeah. drove to the drove to the gym with my windows down. Yeah, I mean. What what a treat yesterday was. And it made me like more excited just going into the weekend having the golf tournament that we have this weekend. Um, but yeah, I started to think like I was watching it all day today. Obviously, I'm bummed about football ending. Um, but the fact that we have the I guess it's called the Phoenix Open now, the waste management yeah, no Phoenix the, Open. WM Phoenix Open. Right. Uh the fact that we have this tournament coinciding with super bowl week super bowl weekend it's it's a very nice transition into the end of football beginning of other sports yeah um yeah i also i also think i mean obviously just purely coincidental but i think it's pretty cool that they're happening in the same city 
Like, I yeah, just think that's, that's pretty cool. That, and I feel like the last like three or four years, this tournament has just like boomed in popularity with like the players. Yeah, without question. So like it, it you're right. Like it's just obviously coincidentally, but it is crazy that like I feel like this year the hype is bigger than any other year because they've added the purses larger. Um more better players are playing in it. It's just crazy. Like this is like the first year where that's happened where it's in the year that the Super Bowl's in the same city, essentially, which is just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's awesome. I've been watching all day. I, this is just a great tournament. Like everything from yeah. you know the, the stadium hole to the the course itself. I just I love everything about this tournament. And like you said, now that it's one of like the tours premier premium tournaments yep. over the season that isn't yep. a major. I think it's just going to grow exponentially because of that. But yeah, it's, it's great. I love the Phoenix open. I hope to be there. One of the, one of the years in the near future, I would love to go to the, to the, Me too. Uh, Me too. To the course. I've heard nothing but good things. I have a buddy who went a couple of years ago and said, it's just remarkable. It's an unbelievable experience. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, before that we got football, got football coming up last game of the season. It's a Super Bowl. With your Eagles. No, no, not my Philadelphia. They are your Philadelphia Eagles. You know, it's funny. I was talking to someone at work yesterday and I mentioned that I had a, a my best friend is, I was like, yeah, he's, he's a Philly guy. And I just said it. I didn't even really mean to. I just said, it. I was like, he's a Philly guy. Why are you like this? Because it's facts. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Um, I don't know about you, dude, but I have like, I've, I haven't been able to focus on like anything other than football. I'm just so excited for the game. I know we talked about last week. I was not excited. I have completely turned to the other side. I've 180 entirely. I'm so excited for this game. Um, I'm still like cautious about like how competitive of a game it's going to be. Um, why? and we'll get into it more. Why do you think it's not going to be a competitive game? Well, it's not that I don't think it's going to be a competitive game. I just think depending on how certain things may go, it may be less competitive than I maybe would like it to be. Um, okay. We'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it once we, you know, really dive into it. Um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm fully in. I am entirely in on the Super Bowl uh, as, as I pretty much expected to be by this point. But um, yeah, I, I just, I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm sad I, the football's ending, but I can't wait for the game. I'm at a point, I'll be honest with you, dude. Like, in probably the last five years, this is probably the least excited I've been for a Super Bowl. I'm just, like, not – I'm not in it. I'm just, like – like, I'm excited for the day, and I'm excited to hang out and watch the game and, like, eat food and watch the end of the golf tournament. But, like, for the game itself, I'm really, like, meh. There's really nothing that interests me, to be completely honest with you. Like, like it's a football game. I'll watch it. I'll be in tune. I'll be di- I'll be in it, but not all that pumped. Matchup isn't that exciting to me. I don't. I really don't know why. I'm not going to say that I entirely agree, but I understand where you're coming from. Like that's that's kind of how I felt last week. I was like, you know, yeah, Philly I have, is I Philly. Philly is right. Yeah, Philly is what Philly is. They're dominant. They're they're they have the advantage at pretty much every position other than quarterback. Um. So, like I said, I I wouldn't be surprised if it went in Philly's way and really wasn't all that tight. But the more that I kind of got into the numbers this week, I, I'm i a little bit more optimistic that it'll at least be a close game. It'll be a fun game to watch. Um, but like I said, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. We got some stuff to touch on before we get into the Super Bowl. 
Um, obviously, we are a Ravens program. So let's talk about the Ravens a little bit. Uh, this is offseason week three in Baltimore. Not a ton of new shit. Um, obviously, we had the Pro Bowl last week, and uh, Marlo was out there doing his thing recruiting. One kind of comment that I felt got passed over, and maybe rightfully so, it was just a, a tweet by Marlo, and Marlo has a bunch of dumb tweets on the regular, so no, nothing new there. Um, but somebody asked him, like, Marlo, were you doing any recruiting at the Pro Bowl? And Hump's response was, anytime I tried, everybody asked what was going on with Lamar. So, one, it debunks the, the theory that nobody's going to want to come to Baltimore to play for Lamar or play with Lamar. So they're not that not that I think any like real Ravens fans or real Lamar fans bought into that. No, any um, any knowledgeable sport fan shouldn't have bought that. That's just <laughs> stupid. Right. Yeah. Just a dumb narrative altogether. Um, but another thing, too, is like and we've kind of touched on it both on the program and off in our group chats and whatnot. I think it has everything to do with the offensive coordinator search yeah. with free agents, with literally everything about the organization. There's yeah. so much uncertainty that weighs on Lamar and his situation's shoulders that it's going to completely redirect the ship one way or the other, depending on how it gets resolved. 100%. Um, free agents, regardless of position, I mean, receiver, running back, tight end, O-line, whatever, even defense, like people are going to be reluctant to sign as a free agent with the Ravens. If Lamar's yeah. not here. And frankly, I think, I think that'll still be the case. Even if he comes back on the franchise tag, like, I think that at this point is probably the most realistic outcome. Um, but, but like, you think, like, my my thing with the franchise tag, I think I said this kind of last week, it's like, the franchise tag, you better fucking get it done then. Like, and you got to be pretty fairly, like, I understand that that would be a pretty, it's just like an extension of time to get the extension done, essentially. Sure. But, like, that's also kind of risky. If you're not confident that that deal is getting done, you can't lay that down on them because it's like – or at least the exclusive tag. If it's a non-exclusive, then, okay, cool. But if it's a if it's an exclusive tag, you have to be 99% sure that that deal is going to get done one way or another. Even, <laughs> even, if you're thinking, even if you're thinking, okay, well, if it gets done a day before training camp, cool. But, like – and we'll just eat that cap number this year and we'll go forward kind of next year as our first year with this new regime. So I don't know. So yes, I, I, I agree. Uh, in terms of like the cap aspect of it, I think if they get it, if, if that were to happen, say they, they just you know slap the tag on them to buy them time because they're confident they can get a deal done. They just have to work it out, whatever they can't get it done by March 16th or the, or March 7th, whatever the date is. Um, I think if they were to get a deal done before the season starts, I think that would wash away the franchise tag i may be wrong i'm not entirely yeah, sure I, I just thought there was a date where if they don't get the deal done before then then the cap that the tag number is what's in effect yeah i you know I, what I, yeah i think you're right i think you're right so yeah, that's you my point right. like, then again this is just another one of those years where it's like well fuck it's another wasted year and, mm -hmm. and you just move on to next year but then you just never know what the next issues are it's just so, like, my thing is, like, you either need to get this thing done. I think within, actually, I think I read somewhere on Ravens Twitter, I think maybe, like, their, their finishing drive videos they release every day. Um, they said Steve, Harbs, and EDC are meeting in Florida in, like, two weeks or a week to kind of go over, like, the budget stuff that like they do every year. Um, 
I would imagine. So I say, is that an every year thing? Or? Yeah, it's an every year thing. So it's like. Okay. I don't know. I just feel like this needs to get done before. I mean, the- there's one, one could safely assume that's going to be a topic of conversation, if not the yeah. topic of conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree. And like, I've been, I've been trying to tap into, you know, commentary on it over the past few days and, you know, everybody is very polarized on the, on the matter, which I don't think is a shock, No, but we've said it time and time again, and I'll continue to echo it. I think whether whether he's traded before the March 7th deadline or whenever the league year ends or whether he's re-signed by whenever the date is, I think it has to be resolved this offseason. Like, you cannot go in, it, like you said. It, you won't, can't it, won't, it, it won't carry into next season. It, it, it won't. Right. Like, it can't you can't have another year of what you had this year where he's he's putting a firm deadline on when he stopped negotiating which i'm assuming he would do for this upcoming season um you either you either have to say look man we're gonna get this deal done we want to pay you you, we want you to be here if you want to be here we're gonna make this deal work and they're gonna have to come to a compromise that fits both parties or they're gonna have to trade him because you can't have what happened this year happen again next year because then, like you said, it's it's ultimately it's two wasted seasons, right? And now you're wasting you're wasting guys like Marlon Humphrey, you're wasting guys like Ronnie Stanley, you're wasting guys like Roquan Smith, you're wasting all these big contracts that you've invested. Marcus Williams is another one. You're wasting all these big money contracts that you've invested in because yep. no matter how good your other 21 positions are, if you don't have that quarterback spot solidified you're 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 just not going to go anywhere and we've seen that we've seen what the offense what the team looks like without lamar jackson at quarterback so i think ultimately whatever the decision is by harbaugh DaCosta, bashadi whomever it needs to be resolved this offseason there there can't be any more of this because we're going on we're going on we've really been dealing with this for two years the whole extension yeah controversy uh, limbo. So we're we're essentially going into year three of this shit. It needs it needs to get figured out, just flat out. Yeah, yeah. It. I personally don't think it's getting done, and I think it's going to ultimately end in a trade in about a month. Um, that sucks. It just sucks. Yeah, that would suck. Yeah. <laughs> no, no way to sugarcoat that. That would be fucking terrible. What would that be? Other than like maybe Ray Lewis killing someone, would that be the worst day in Ravens fandom history? Oh, he was found innocent, by the way. Right. Or he was acquitted, whatever the legal term is. Sure. Uh, I won't let you. I won't let you slander fifty-two on my watch. Um, that would definitely be like top five worst days as a Ravens fan. Sure. I mean, I, I think Billy. I think. Hmm, I think the Billy Cundiff miss kind of yeah. gets devalued because we went and won it the next yeah. one the next year no, that's still sucked. that was that was a that was the biggest kick in the was, dick that 11 year old Dante had ever experienced it was the day after that really hurt that day after I was like because when it happened I was kind of like that it's like when you watch something terrible happen you're kind of like weirdly find it humorous like when it happened I was like kind of found it not funny but I was just laughing I was like oh my god and then like I woke up the next morning I was like oh that wasn't that was real that actually that was really real uh, yeah, no, I, I, I had a completely different reaction than that. I remember vividly, I was watching the game downstairs here in, in, uh, in my bar with my parents and my uncle and, and everybody else walked upstairs to my bedroom. I threw my phone against the wall and I just locked myself in my room for the rest of the night. Didn't talk to anybody. I just stayed there. It was, I was in the trenches, dude. It was a miserable, miserable time to be me. Yeah. Um, 
but but like I said, I feel like that kind of gets brought down a little bit just because we went and won it the next year. If 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 we didn't end up winning the Super Bowl the following year, I think that's like unequivocally the worst, but definitely an argument to be made. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Haven't really, at least in my lifetime, haven't really been a ton of like bad, bad moments as a Ravens fan. The the, the loss to the Titans, bad day. Lost to the yeah. Colts at home when we went 13-3, bad day. Um I mean, I'm, I think losing oh, was that play. was that was that the McNair year you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. The one I don't that remember the, that one. The one that the, the the year that the Colts came into Baltimore and they didn't score a touchdown and we lost. Yeah, that one. I don't remember that one. Yeah, um, yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> but no, Lamar, Clearly. to me, it's I asked the word. To yeah, me, it's, I think I think it's I think it's bottom three days as a as an Orioles fan, or a Ravens fan rather. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. A ton of those days if we're Orioles, talking Orioles fandom. Jesus, God, too many to count. <laughs> we don't have to get into that right the now. The day that Peter Angelos was born, one. Correct. Yeah. The day uh, Dan Duquette was born, number two. reached over at the Yankee Stadium, Mayor, what was his name was? That day. Oh, uh, Je- Jeffrey Mayer, Timothy Mayer. Yeah. Je- yeah. Jeffrey, I think his name was. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's, so that's what's going on with Lamar. Also – I know you and I kind of talked about it in our group chats this week. Um, there was a tweet circulating, I think, from Dove Kleinman regarding a Jeremy Fowler report saying that Lamar and the Ravens, in quotes, and these, this is directly from Jeremy Fowler, in quotes, could possibly be up <laughs> to $100 Fowler, million apart. He's an idiot. No, he's, he's a grade-A grass-fed dipshit. He sucks at his job. Yeah, he's an idiot. Um, and there were like a ton of people that were like running with it. Like it's gospel. Like, look, a, he was reporting based off of the original report from Chris Mortensen. Like a, that was like 133 million guaranteed at signing from like September. And since when are, are we as professional reporters saying they could possibly be like that? That's kind of my whole point on the whole thing. Like nobody knows anything because it's all speculation. Anything that's getting leaked or, you know, that is thought to be leaked from this, this whole negotiation is either coming from the PA lawyers, which I don't really know what they have to gain by putting anything else out that they haven't already or coming from the Ravens organization and the Ravens organization aren't going to leak that they're a hundred million apart because then if you are planning on trading him at some point, you lose all your leverage. So take what you hear with a grain of salt unless it's coming from somebody like lamar or somebody that lamar has been close with yeah like prime prime example anything that uh woge tweets in regards to lebron you know it's true you know it's facts because lebron's got woge on speed dial right i don't know if lamar has anybody like that i feel like i feel like him and diana rossini have been pretty tight like he you know but other than that come on man other than that i don't really i don't really know who there is to really hone in on in terms of the Lamar thing. I think, honestly, I think if anything's going to come out, it's going to come from Lamar's Twitter. I think we've learned that through through the five years he's been in the league. Someone made a really good point. It's like, when and if it gets done, do we think he tweets? Like, like when it gets done, do you think he leaves the meeting and tweets out, like, dollar signs, and then, like, three hours later? God, I hope so. (laughs) Like, like, you know, he's not going to be like, hey, I just signed an extension, but he, like, does, like, this cryptic tweet because he's like, Holy shit! Puts, I just put two hundred million dollars. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call right now. 
it's gonna come at like like two fifty seven p.m. Whenever it gets done, if it gets done, and it's just gonna be it's gonna be like four emojis. It's gonna be the eyeball emoji. It's gonna be the money bag emoji. It's gonna be the rocket emoji, and it's gonna be the zombie emoji. The zombie. That's what yeah. it's gonna be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I think there's maybe one more in there. Maybe like a. Uh, he likes the uh, he likes the rocket one. Loves that zombie emoji. <laughs> Loves that zombie emoji. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I think the, the the bag. It's the bag one. Not. Yeah. He might leave the bag out of it though, because then that's too obvious. To be a little bit more cryptic. Yeah, I have to look through the emojis like money. What you could do with it? Maybe like a green heart. Or I was I was I was thinking maybe like those red exclamation point emojis, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, oh. <laughs> that's he's definitely what's gonna happen. I think he's going to do something like that, though. Dude, oh my god, I hope so. Then, that like, would only like, make three hours later. Ian Rappaport reports, "Hey, uh, Raven's got it done," but like Lamar's just like, "Ha ha." <laughs> that would only make me love Lamar more. Oh, way more. <laughs> Uh, all right, that's about it in, in terms of Lamar and player personnel. Uh, will, Marlo will, doing his recruiting. Oh, what you got? I will say about the Lamar thing, one last thing. I have personally just put my heart into position of, to me, he's already gone. So I'm already like, I'm, yeah, I respect that. Realistically, what could they do? And so that's why I've just been on the Twitter just tweeting at Anthony Richardson videos. Just bring him in. Bring him in. Draft yeah, him. Yeah, I need you to stop that. I need you to stop that. Well, you don't think he's good? Um, he didn't throw a touchdown pass for like 12 weeks. I didn't know that. <laughs> I don't know if it was 12 weeks, but it was something like concerning. Like, brother, you are a, you are a SEC quarterback. You are, a, you are an SEC quarterback and you've gone like at least like seven or eight weeks without throwing a touchdown. I'm looking, it up. I'm looking it up. I can't be real. Yeah, please do. Please do it. No, I think Anthony Richardson's like definitely got like potential, but I just don't think he's a first round quarterback. And he's definitely not a guy that I want replacing Lamar Jackson, frankly. Honestly, I this is probably gonna be a very bad like I'll get old takes exposed for what I'm about to say. I would rather spend like a second round or a third round draft pick on Hendon Hooker than I would spend a first rounder on Anthony Richardson. Bro, he had a good year. What you talking? Talking about his last four games, he threw three, two, three, three touchdowns. What are you talking about? I heard a stat like multiple times saying that he didn't throw a touchdown for like an extent, a very extended period of time. The longest streak he had was the first three games of the season. He didn't throw a tighter. Okay. Well, that's good enough for me. Well, Lamar threw, didn't like throw a touchdown for his like, all right, I digress. <laughs> yeah, we don't we're not gonna do this for now. No, but I I think Hendon Hooker, I would rather have him than than Anthony Richardson. That's just me. Yuck. Um more shit going on with Baltimore in terms of the offensive coordinator search. Um that's hey, that's like the, the the offensive coordinator we know this time next week, correct? I mean, I would think so, right? Like you have to. You can't like yeah. you, you can't, you can't let this extend. longer. Yeah. Right, because because like if you're bringing in an OC and like they have to bring in their their assistants, you're gonna have to get that done sooner or later, like yeah. sooner rather than later. I don't like how long um, it's been taking. To be honest with you, now now I think I think they're taking the right approach because I mean, like we said a couple weeks ago after that press conference that DeCosta and Harbaugh had, 
they're casting a wide net. Like they are, they are turning over every stone, which I think is a good thing. I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing by any means. Um, <clears throat> but they are, they are turning over every stone. They're interviewing like in very different places, which I kind of like. Um, if I were to guess, I think Canales is probably the favorite to get the job right now. That's my guess. I think Canales <laughs> is, is the guy. Yeah, I think so too. I think like if just based purely off of like what's been kind of coming out in the in on Twitter, pretty much just of who we're interviewing, I think he's probably the the guy in the lead right now. Which I wouldn't hate. I wouldn't hate that by any means if if we decide to hire him. He he was there with Russ. He turned Gino around. Yeah, sure, sure, whatever. Well, but like even look at like Seattle's offense the last handful of years like they've been always decent like russ wasn't great his last year but like yeah yeah like i I think that would be a great pickup personally yeah i like like i said i would be completely completely content if we decided to hire uh dave canales um there was a report i think earlier on in this week uh regarding eric Bieniemy saying he's still quote really yeah. in play I think for it was Ravens. yeah was that wednesday i think so yeah <laughs> Uh, so he's allegedly still in the running, um, which, I mean, we've talked about him at length. I don't really know that we have to say much more about him. Uh, apparently, Andy Reid was asked in an interview about him calling plays, and Andy Reid was like, no, he he like, he like calls plays, he relays plays in there, which could have just been Andy Reid trying to put his guy over. Yeah. But <laughs> a lot of commentary has been around him actually calling the plays in Kansas City, whether it's Reid's offense, whether it's the enemy's offense, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. I, we all know where I stand. I would love uh, Eric Bieniemy to come in here, um, even if it's on like a one-year kind of prove-it type deal. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I I I think he's probably more of a long shot just because if he's not going to get a head coaching job, which he's still in the running for, I believe in Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Uh, yeah. 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 I would I would imagine he's just going to go back to the Chiefs and wait for next cycle, which I feel like we've been saying for a while now. But why would you leave? Why would you leave Patrick Mahomes? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so who else to, has been interviewed? Go to Matt Ryan or who's the Colts quarterback? Well, uh, I think technically it's Sam Ellinger. But <laughs> or it's Dad. They have, they're they're definitely drafting a quarterback this year, right? Oh, true. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're they right. they pick four overall. They're definitely taking a quarterback. Uh, yeah, By, right. Byron Leftwich was oh, interviewed. Stinky. Um, I, it sounded like we only gave him a first interview, and I feel like that was floated out a while ago. So that tells me he's not really in the running. Which Stinky. good. I, I think we saw what happens when Bruce Arians was not steering that ship in terms of Tampa Bay's offense. Yeah, uh, because I mean, basically, without minus Gronk, it was by and large the same offense down there. Um, so no, thank you. I'm all good on Byron Leftwich. Yes, I agree. Um, he's what kind of concerns me with with B enemy with having like a great offensive mm-hmm. guy with him. It's just for concerning, sure. dude. Like I just, the B enemy thing just doesn't make sense to me on the sense of like, why, like there's a reason why he's not, it's not a vertical move. It just doesn't give me, give me Canales. Is that his name? Canales? Canales? I think so. I think so. Yeah, give that sounds him. right. Give me him. Um, the other second interview that I heard this week. Oh, sorry. So there are two more. Uh, Todd McKin, the or, uh, offensive coordinator from Georgia, wh- which he's another guy who keep your eye on him. I would not hate him no. in the slightest. No, be Georgia a good, runs a nice little pick. 
Georgia runs a very pro-ish offense. But if it's um, him, that means he's his vision is significantly better than the other guys. Like if you're if you're gonna hire from college, it has to be something that's very impressive and very like all right. I would like, agree. I, yeah. yeah. So now I will say though, Munkin has uh NFL experience as an offensive coordinator. He was with oh, the Bucks for a while. Oh, yeah, okay. he's 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 been he's been in the league and then he kind okay. of bounced back to college. So um but anyway, I I would like him also. I think uh I think he's definitely a guy to keep your eye on. Might be a might be a sleeper. Another college guy who got a second interview this week, Wisconsin offensive coordinator Bobby Ingram. Um yeah. This is another guy like Byron Leftwich. No thanks. I no thank you. Wisconsin Wisconsin is never. I think it's illegal in the state of Wisconsin to do anything fun. (laughs) To throw the ball more than thirty yards. Yeah. So so like they don't do anything fun. So no thanks. No thanks. Yeah. No thanks. Wisconsin. I mean, we know the deal with Wisconsin. It's it's a running back and offensive line factory and linebackers. But yeah, he was the Ravens wide receiver. Yeah, no thanks. He was the Ravens wide receiver coach from 14 to 18, and he was the tight ends coach with the Ravens for the for 2019 to 2021 when Roman got elevated. Oh God, no, no. So yeah, no. it's this this move. I think so. Yeah. Oh God. Oh God. I swear to you, Dante. I swear to God, if they do him, oh God. Yeah, that would suck. That that would be that would be bad. Um, I just, I, I, I pray it's not him. Um, but those are the guys that got second interviews within the last week or so. Um, I think I, I, like I said, a couple weeks ago, I wanted Bobby Slowick. It sounds like he's going to go with D'Amico Ryan's to Houston to be the yep. OC down there, which sucks, but good for him. Yep. Uh, your guy, Zach Robinson, haven't heard anything on him since his first interview. So yeah. I would guess he's out of the running. Yep. Um, and then another guy who I really, really liked in the preliminary rounds of all this, Brian Johnson, um, Philly's quarterbacks coach. I'm hoping that we give him a second interview after the Super Bowl, and that's yeah. what's kind of held up his whole process. Um, but I would I would be surprised if he ended up becoming one of the guys well, even after the Super Bowl. And my thing, too, like, has has it been reported that the enemy has had his second interview yet? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I know we put a. I've heard his name in connection. Yeah, I've heard his name connected with us in terms of interviews twice. Now, the first time could have been we requested to interview him, and the second time was us actually interviewing him. So I don't know if he's technically had two interviews with us. I know he's definitely had one, though. Like, he's absolutely for sure had one. And based off of Rappaport's report saying he's still really in play. You would think. Right. Okay. Because my my point is, like, if we haven't heard he's had a second interview – that has probably nothing to do with the Super Bowl because we have with the enemy. So it's like, yeah, that's prob- probably nothing there, to be honest. That's, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think of that. Um, shit, I forgot. Uh, Brian Angel- Angelicchio, Vikings pass game coordinator, was also given a second interview, which I'm kind of oh, 50 50 on him. Yeah. I mean, not my, not my favorite choice. No, yeah. But- yeah. Oh. But hey, hey man, if he if he's he, he, a pass game coordinator, I'm actually kind of cool with it because then like they're coming in here to to up that pass game, which is what this offense needs in the worst way. And I'm not 100. And I'm not certain, but given that O'Connell is there, I'm assuming that he's coming from the McVeigh tree because O'Connell was McVeigh. So I'm yeah. assuming 
it's all just kind of one big happy family from there. Um, uh, so, yeah, 50-50 on him, but he was another guy that got a second interview. I nice. believe that's all of them so far. Uh, okay. The last thing that I had regarding the Ravens was just about free agency revving up. There have been a couple guys, some rumors being floated out there about potential availability. Um, the Chargers announced that they're most likely going to be cutting Keenan Allen for, for cap casualty reasons. Wouldn't hate him, but kind of to your point a few weeks ago, he can't be like the move because he has yeah, injury issues. Yeah. Now, if he if you go get Hop and sign Keenan Allen, sure, that's great. But I don't think I don't think you could sign Keenan Allen to be your your one. I just at this point in his career, I don't well, think that's a viable. Right. Move. Well, and especially like with with Keenan's injury issues, like you throw that in with bait. Okay, so then they both go down, which is likely. Then you're back to where you were this year with <laughs> where we are right now. So it's like you want to you you really want, and I'm even actually okay with if they maybe take a step lower than like a a, a one because I don't think this team needs a one. They just need someone that complements bait. But he has to be a guy that plays 16, 17 games because they yeah. Andrews misses a couple games, but like that's. He's a tight end. He's a physical position. Blocks a lot. Like it's gonna, it's gonna need, happen. Yeah, you need your wide receivers playing your your, your routes, and I, I don't know. I just the majority, they need to, right? Yeah, they need to go get someone that has durability and and is gonna go up. And Anquan Bolden just wasn't a one, but he was perfect in this offense. And so, like, what I was gonna say about the guy from from the Vikings is that like that guy is used to having a Justin Jefferson, a Adam Thielen, like having weapons. So it's like. Yeah, that's a good point. This team has to add on the outside. I mean, that is just a non-negotiable, and it can't be, like you said. Like, a Keenan Allen seems like if the Orioles were a NFL team, <laughs> that is an Oriole pickup of yes. like, oh, yes. look at this guy. He's available. It's like, well, there's a reason why he's available. It's because he's he's been hey, hurt. Speaking of speaking of a guy you just mentioned, apparently um... – Adam Thielen's got he, a little contract issue going on with the Vikings. He, he's one of those guys that I feel like is in the same bracket of like the Roquans, the Marcus Peters, that like they should have been a Raven. Born to be a Raven. Yeah. Yes. Their entire, he fits that mold of like plays like a Raven kind of thing, but it's like, he's actually good. Like, it's not just, he's a tough guy and wants to play really good. Like, yeah. He's, I mean, he's, he's like, really he's like taking Brandon Stokely from that 2000 team and like making him actually good. And putting him making with him, the Ravens that we have now, making him an actual NFL caliber wide receiver. Yeah, exactly. I read a um, tweet there that Brandon Stokely is actually probably the Ravens' most developed, like successfully drafted wide receiver in our franchise history. Yeah, I mean that's pretty spot on, actually. Yeah, it's very spot on. Jesus God, we suck. And again, your uh, your addition your addition to wide receiver cannot be draft. It cannot be. No, no, we've we've seen what that looks like too far, yeah, uh, not too many yet. times at this point. A um, couple other guys, and and again, this is kind of in the same vein as Keenan Allen in terms of injuries, especially of late. Michael Thomas probably going to be out in New Orleans. He's another guy where if he is like the second option that we bring in, like if we go get somebody else and Michael Thomas, great. But he can't be like Keenan Allen. He can't be the guy. You know what I mean? Even though Dante, like. That's my concern is that you already have a wide receiver on your roster that has missed significant time the last two seasons. So it's like, again, if you get anybody with that being a part of your offseason addition is someone that has injury issues is like, okay, well, he and bait go down at the same time. 
then we're back to just no, having one guy, and then guys can the, the other team can just double team whoever our guy is, and it's like, well, we're right back to where we were. No, I hear you, and I think I'm kind of saying all this with a thought in the back of my mind that we're going to draft a receiver in the first round, so that like, I don't know, it's all mm-hmm. kind of just going in together. Yeah, so uh, because I do think, yeah, yeah, I do think there's some value to be had at the receiver position where we're drafting, but I mean, we'll get to, we'll get to that in a few weeks. Um, last guy, this is kind of an interesting one. A lot of people seem to be speculating that Mike Evans won't be a Buccaneer next year. He's the perfect offseason addition. He is. If we can't get hop, sell the fucking farm to get Mike Evans. Yeah. Again, he's that guy that goes up and gets footballs and is physical. He's a bad yeah, I mean, man. Six, five. He's got close to a seven foot wingspan. I mean, he's quietly having the most Hall of Fame worthy season that nobody is talking about or career rather that nobody is talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, if it's not going to be hop, it needs to be Mike Evans. There is no other alternative. It's It's got to be one of those two, in my opinion. I think we chatted about this too, Dante. You don't think there's any chance of the Ravens shipping off either one of the two running backs to maybe get a draft pick or two or like a, I don't think, I don't think there's any chance they let JK go. Gus is, I'm kind of 50, 50. Uh, I'd be surprised a little bit, but I don't necessarily think it's out of the question. Okay. Cause I'm thinking like, maybe could you like, could you go ship a Gus for a team? I don't know. You're not going to get a first rounder. Now nah, you'll probably get like a third or fourth, maybe. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I don't really know if there's really much value to do that, to be honest with you. Now, who knows? Maybe maybe you package a Gus and a, and a, and a Duvernay with like a fourth-round pick and you go get Mike Evans. I don't know. Maybe that works. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know how the value would work out. But yeah, it, if, if Gus is what it takes to get uh, a Mike Evans or a DeAndre Hopkins, I'm fine with that. Yeah, we well, tend to, especially because – We tend end, to draft running backs particularly well. That's, that's so. why – like – Especially with you already have your horse, it looks. I think they you can clearly see they value and think JK is higher than Gus. So it's like definitely okay. So it's and you can kind of see at the beginning of this at the end of the season. I'm sorry, JK was kind of pissed that he wasn't like the featured guy, and I think it's in their best interest to keep him happy. So it's like, all right, let's just commit to JK being the guy, and I think Gus is good enough to be the guy. So it's like I agree 100. I don't know. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. But nevertheless, like I said, if it's not going to be hot, got to be Mike Evans. That's just my two cents. Um, all right. That's about all I had on the Ravens. Uh, there was another topic that I wanted to talk about. But we can talk about it more next week because I want to go back and rewatch uh, the documentary, the Bullies of Baltimore documentary. I haven't watched it um, yet. Yeah, if we could wait till next week, that would be great. I, I watched the majority of it. Uh, fell, ended up falling asleep early. That, uh, earlier than I would have liked to on Sunday. Uh, so I have to go back and finish it. But very, very good documentary. I was very pleased with what I saw uh, to the yes. point where I fell asleep. Um, yeah, that's about all I had on the Ravens. Let's talk Super Bowl. So we all know we've been talking about it for better part of two weeks now. Philly, KC, Phoenix, Arizona. Philly is a one-and-a-half point favorite. Over-under is 50-and-a-half. Um. In terms of injuries, that's the first thing I have written down here in front of me. In terms of injuries, I think everything coming out of each camp is that everybody's good to go. Um, the only person that I saw that was definitely ruled out was McCole Hardman. He's not going to be playing because of a pelvis injury, that which that, that's, that does not sound fun. Um, but everybody else, Legarius Sneed, past concussion protocol, he's good to go. 
uh, Andy Reid said Kadarius Tony's going to play. Juju Smith-Schuster, I think, was technically listed as questionable with a knee, but it sounds like he's going to play. Um, and Willie Gay was also questionable with a shoulder, but I haven't heard anything on him, so I'm assuming he's going to be good to go as well. Uh, and in terms of Philly, everybody's healthy. So, uh, like I said, outside of McCole Hardman, it sounds like we're going to be getting everybody's best. Um, let's can look say, at – Can I say something at the top of here before we really dive in? Yes, please. Go ahead. I just I need to stand up here for a second and defend Pat Mahomes. Just just for a second. Oh, okay. Okay, go ahead. The floor is yours. Where has this all of a sudden Pat Mahomes is like on this, like he needs to win this game or his legacy is ruined? Like, what are we talking about? Like, I have ESPN on almost every day. Either I'm doing school, working out, and every morning on Get Up or whatever show it is, first take, they are talking like this game is if Mahomes loses, then there's like this narrative that like he's not the GOAT where it's like, okay, well, until he wins seven Super Bowl, he's not going to be the GOAT, but he can certainly be like the next closest thing. And like everyone thought this guy was going to slow down when he lost Tyreek. He has not. Everyone thought he was going to lose the AFC championship game when he broke his ankle. He did not like he's remarkable. And so, I understand kind of people think like he has his bum ankle. He's lost one of his pieces on the, on the outside with Michael Hartman. But like until this dude doesn't show up in a big moment and he's never not showed up. Like he's always, unless that one against the, the, the box, but that defense was sick that year and you're playing against yeah, Tom. I mean, he's running for his life. Yeah, yeah. He's running for yeah. his life that game. Yeah. I just don't think there's enough respect on this man. I'll be completely honest. Like, He's that's he, that's weird. I are there really people saying that? Like, if if he loses this game, like, are we do we need to question how good he actually is? Like, yes, are there really people talking about that? I've heard it. I've heard it. Like, like all over. That's ESPN. crazy. Yeah, it's bananas. I thought I actually thought, and, and I know he's in a little bit of legal trouble right now, but uh, Mike Irvin, like, almost I thought he was going to pop a blood vessel when someone brought. I forget who it was. Oh, that's um, that's just an average day for Mike Irvin. Well, apparently too, he's busting a lot of things, um, but. But no, I just, I don't like that he, like, there's a lot of people that think he doesn't have a chance this week against Philly. It's like, I would, uh, until this dude, he's getting on that range of kind of where Brady was, was like, until he doesn't, I'm going to roll the table with, with, with this guy. Cause he's just so freaking special. He does everything significantly better than the rest. And I think he's remarkable. And I, I, the more I think of it, the more I sit down and look at it, Philly hasn't really since like week 12, I thought it was, I think they said on NFL network, like the QBs they faced have not been off the snuff. And the two they played was Aaron Rodgers and yeah. Dak, and those numbers mm-hmm. blew up on them. So it's like, I think, I think Philly's defense is great, but they also haven't been playing great quarterbacks the last 10 weeks or so, or five or six weeks. I've seen a lot of that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And like the facts do show that they haven't played great quarterbacks. And I think that buffs up your stats a little bit, which is kind of what I thought the Ravens did the last month of the season. Um, so I don't know. I, I I think it's, I mean, one and a half is about as close as you can get on a spread, but it's like, I just, everyone I've kind of asked me, who, who do you got this week? And I was like, Oh, Philly. And I'm like, I haven't heard anything about the chiefs. And it's like, yo, I don't know. Put some respect. I will, on I will say Jalen hurts is 16 to one this year when he starts. So it's like, they're both very good. It's not, this is not a, I don't think Philly is good. I just think Pat Mahomes is just deserves, that. deserves a little bit more respect. Yeah. Yeah. 
I will, I will say, we'll say it, and I'll talk on it a little bit more later on when I get my final prediction. Um, I will say I've heard a ton of people from all walks of life, from every corner of media coming out of Phoenix this week. Everybody's taking Philly. Yeah, everybody. Which, everyone. which, like I said at the top of the program, I think they have an advantage at every position virtually other than the quarterback position. But when the quarterback position is the most important position on the field, you got to wait a little bit differently. I do. I I think I I said it last week. I was leaning Philly. It's probably going to be a little bit obvious in in a few minutes, which way I'm going. Um, But I will say this, the, the, the X factor that will lead to Kansas city potentially winning this game is number 15. And that X factor is very much in play just based off of who we know number 15 to be. I saw uh, Kyle Brandt, and I, I won't have the numbers exact, but like when Pat Mahomes throws for like an X amount of yards with no turnovers, the Chiefs are like 15 and one in those games. And I think the one loss mm-hmm. like came down to a last second play. So it's like mm-hmm. if Mahomes goes out and balls, which is very likely he does because he kind of does every freaking week. I, it's just it's just a matter of it's like it I think it's not in the Eagles best interest to get in a back and forth game with them and I think if it gets in a back and forth it, it's gonna get sideways for them it might be close still but I just don't I just don't think I think Jalen Hurts is really good I just don't think he can keep up slinging the football like Mahomes can and very few people in the NFL can go shot for shot in terms of throwing the football with Patrick Mahomes and there's two dudes and they're both in the AFC I agree. Um, well yeah. Burrow took the one guy out, but Mahomes took out the other guy. I agree. I agree. Uh, all right. Let's go ahead and dive right into it. Unit matchups. This is just going to be like uh, our, our Ravens breakdowns like we used to do earlier in the season. Uh, I'm going to get real, real into it. I spent a good amount of time doing this. I wanted to make sure not only you and I were as well-educated and, and well-informed, but everybody that listens as well. With the list. Exactly. The, the loyal the lawyer followers of, of the program. Dante, this is you right now, getting ready to, to serve up some news. Yes, that's me, exactly. Uh, all right, Kansas City's run defense versus Philly's run offense. We'll start there. Philly's offense is averaging 4.6 yards per rush. They're tied for 10th in the league. Over the last three games, they're averaging 4.5 yards per carry, so pretty much on par. Okay. And one thing that I like to do in these neutral site games, I do it for basketball all the time. I'm starting to do it with football now too. Obviously less with football, but anyway, this is a good opportunity to do that. Yep. I look at the away stats. So on the road this season, Philadelphia is averaging 4.5 yards per carry. So pretty much all in a line on the season in terms yeah. of yards per rush. Yep. Rush yards per game, a little bit different. They're averaging 153.9 team rush yards per game. That's fourth in the league on the season. Over the last three, so that's the two playoff games in the last game of the regular season, they've aver- they're have they averaging, as a team, 183.7 yards per game on the ground. That's a wow. shit ton. Yeah, that's a, that's a boatload. But on the road this season, they're averaging 145.4. So that's about nine, eight and a half yards less than their normal game average for the year. Yeah. Kansas City's rush defense. They're averaging four and a half yards per carry allowed. That's 19th in the league. Yeah, it's pretty mediocre. Over the last three games, they're averaging 5.1 yards per carry allowed. That's even worse. Yeah, not great. 
but on the road, they're averaging four flat yards per carry. So a little okay. bit better. Yep. Rush yards per game on the season, Kansas City's defense is allowing 107.3 on average. That's eighth in the league. So that's pretty good. Over the last three games, they're averaging 104.7 yards per game. So that's even better. And here's the kicker. Road games for Kansas City on the season, they're averaging 95 yards per game allowed. Obviously, Kansas City's got some favorable uh, numbers in terms of total team yards allowed. Uh, but I think just with how dominant Philly has been, especially lately, I'd have to give a slight edge to Philly in terms of the run game. Okay. Now we'll look at the other side, the other parts, I should say, of those units. Kansas City's pass defense versus Philly's passing offense. Philly's offense is averaging 230.2 pass yards per game. That's 12th in the league. So a little yeah. bit better than middle of the pack. Yep. Over the last three, however, they're averaging 158.7 yards per game through the air. So that's that's not great. Yeah, it's not now, very good. You could say all of those games have been blowouts. Jalen hasn't needed to throw the ball as much. They've yeah. run the ball a shit ton probably of those fair. games. So just take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, it's probably fair. On the, on the road, through the air, Philly's averaging 253 yards per game. So go on the road. Jalen's got to throw it a little bit more. Puts up a little bit better numbers. Kansas City averaging 221 pass yards per game on the season. That's 19th in the league. So not great. Yeah. Last last three games. So this is this to me significant when you consider the teams that they've played in the last three games. They've played obviously Cincinnati in the AFC Championship. They played um, Jacksonville in the divisional round. Yeah. They had a buy. They had a buy in uh, the wild card round, and I believe they played Denver. In uh -huh. the last game of the season, right? Does that sound right? Uh, but anyway, last three games, they're averaging 207.7 through the air allowed. So that's pretty good. It's much better yeah. than, the, than their, their season average. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, however, yards per yards per game allowed on the road this season, 235 and a half. So worse than their average on the year. Yeah. Uh, again, Take that with what you will. They 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 play a pretty tough uh, divisional schedule in terms of offenses. But anyway, those are their numbers on the season. I digress. This one I, I digress. This one is a little bit more even to me. If I were to give an edge, I think I'd go Philly just because I think the last three are a little bit slanted. Um, but like I said, I think it's significant when you look at the last three games that Kansas City's played and what they're averaging. Like Burrow, Burrow didn't light it up by any means against them in the AFC. No, he did not. And and I thought they did a pretty good job with Trevor as well in the divisional round. So mm -hmm. I th I think I'd, I'd, I'd rate this more of a toss-up, if not giving a slight edge to Philly. But I think Kansas City's secondary, especially with how Spags is calling it, uh, is is a little bit better than some people might get, give them credit for. Other side of the ball. Let's look at Philly's defense and Kansas City's offense. Kansas City's run offense versus Philly's run defense. KC's averaging, just like Philly, 4.6 yards per rush. They're tied for 10th with Philadelphia. Okay. Last three games, just like Philly again, 4.5 yards per carry. On the road, they're averaging 5.1 per game, yards per rush. Okay. So a little bit better than their average. I feel like this is more of a, when they go on the road, teams feel like Mahomes is going to throw them. And with how well Isaiah Pacheco's been running lately, they're just like, hey, feed him, feed him, yeah. feed him. Um. 
Also, Kansas City averaging 113 and a half rush yards per game. That's 21st in the league. Not great. Last three games, averaging 118 flat. So a little bit better than their average. Still not great. Yeah, not great. Here's another one. Noticing a trend here with Kansas City's running offense. On the road this year, they're averaging 137.1 rush yards per game. So like I said, teams probably sit back and want to not make Mahomes beat them at home. So they just give the ball to Pacheco, give the ball to McKinnon. Um, I also think that there's a chance Clyde Edwards-Hilaire might be active for this game. So if they can get all three of those guys keeping each other fresh, might be something to look out for. Also, sidebar, did you know Melvin Gordon was a chief? No. Yeah, he's he's on the Chiefs. I thought he was a how? Remember Denver cut him in like week I don't know like nine or whatever. Yeah, yeah, damn. And I guess I guess Kansas City picked him up. I didn't know that until this morning. I did not know that. So f- might fucking see Melvin Ingram on Sunday. Who knows? Uh, all right, Phillies run defense, uh, averaging four point six yards per rush allowed, twenty fourth in the league. Over the last three, they're averaging five yards per carry allowed. And again, think of the teams they've played, right? They played San Francisco, good run defense, or good run offense, excuse me, and the Giants twice. One one was, I believe, without Saquon, and I think they still had some success rushing the ball. Um, But obviously, the other one was with Saquon. Anyway, five yards per carry flat over the last three allowed. On the road, they're averaging 4.8 yards per carry allowed. So all kind of within the same ballpark of each other, but... Lately, not doing as well as they might have uh, been in earlier on in the season. 119.3 total team rush yards allowed on the season. That's 15th, so middle of the pack. Last three, a little bit better. 109.3 yards per game allowed. Again, here is interesting. On the road, 131.8. So almost 132 team rush yards total they're giving up. Um, this one, I think, surprisingly enough, I think I'd give the edge to Kansas City just because of how well Pacheco's running. Um, yeah. I think San Francisco, obviously, Philly's defense just sold out to stop the run two weeks ago, but San Francisco was able to find some holes. McCaffrey did some things, and same yep. thing with Saquon. So I'd give the edge to Kansas City's running offense there. Okay. Last one we're going to look at, Philly's pass defense versus Kansas City's passing offense. We know about Kansas City's passing offense. They're first in the league, averaging 295 uh, pass yards per game. However, yeah. over the last three, they're only averaging 238. Sorry, what was that? So, yeah, they got a stud throwing the football. Yeah, exactly. Over the last three games, they're only averaging 238. Now, I think a lot of that probably has to do with Mahomes getting hurt in the Jacksonville game. Yeah. So, t- again, take that with a grain of salt. On the road, they're averaging 292.3, so not far off from their, their average on the year. This is probably the most anticipated matchup that for me, at least on the on the on the on the weekend. Philly's passing defense is number one in the league. They're averaging 171 pass yards per game let up. That's number one in the league. Their their secondary is on fire. Over the last three, even better. 115.7 over the last three games. Oh. Yeah. Now again, take a step back, look who they played, right? Obviously, San Francisco oh, didn't boy. have a quarterback. San Francisco had their quarterback issues uh, two weeks ago. And then sure. Davis Davis Webb was, uh, I think, starting for the Giants week 18. And then right. they did what they did what they did with dimes in the divisional round. Um, right. Okay. Games on the road, they're averaging a little bit better uh, yards per game allowed, 186 and a half. 
Um, but still, like I said, number one passing offense in the league versus number one pass defense in the league. I'm very excited to watch this matchup. This is another one where I feel like it's a little bit more even than people might think. Uh, maybe giving a slight edge to Kansas City just because of Mahomes and he is the X factor. Uh, but this one I think is definitely pretty even as well. Uh, last thing that I wanted to touch on in terms of the numbers for these two teams, turnover differential. Philly is third in the league. They're plus eight in turnover differential. Uh, turnover differential. Excuse me. Kansas City, this one kind of stood out to me. They're 22nd in the league. They're minus three total what? turnover differential. In the league, right? Would have never thought. He throws a lot of picks, doesn't he? He does, and I feel like they don't really create a ton of turnovers on defense. Yeah. But anyway, no, that kind of that kind of stood out to me. Uh, points per game. Both of these offenses are tied first. They're both averaging 28.7 points per game. Um, Philly over their last three are averaging 30 points per game and Kansas City's averaging 27 over their last three on the road. Philly's offense is averaging 29 and a half. Kansas City's offense is averaging 32 and a half on the road. So numbers are certainly point pointing to a lot of points in this game. Uh, last thing that I looked at points per game allowed Philly's defense fourth. They're averaging 18.8 points per game. Kansas City's defense is 15th, averaging 21 and a half points per game. Nice. I know that was a shit ton of stuff that I just threw out at you, but what do you make of all that? What What are your thoughts on, on just the numbers alone? Kind of seems like well, there's a couple factors are pretty evenly squared up here. Um, right. I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think it really – I don't think anything really favors one team. Now, I did read today that a couple of the Chiefs are battling a little, like, cold flu situation right now yeah that's concerning for sure if you're a chiefs fan that, or a chiefs yeah, that, that kind of because i mean that sucks like like trying to do anything when you're just sick just blows i understand they're professional athletes and like their body can recover better but like i don't know if they're, if they're not feeling and good being being sick is being sick if you got to get hooked up to an iv that's not fun regardless like no, fuck that no no so who knows dude i i i think I think Philly has a slight advantage in, in just overall, like look at it. But I still like what I said, it? I just, I just, I like Mahomes, dude. And I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna do some special. But not, I yeah, for sure, for sure. I I definitely am leaning that way. Um, I think last week I can't remember if I said it on the show or not. Probably didn't. Uh, but I was considering taking an alternate line with Philly. I just thought it was gonna be more than a two point game. I was thinking maybe. Philly four and a half, maybe a five and a half alternate spread. But after getting into these numbers, man, I think it's going to be as oh, close oh, to a pick okay. I thought as, you were going to say, possible. keep it. At, I was like four and a half. I was like, brother. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, speaking of. This is the most bet event. In the calendar year, I read a report yesterday saying that uh, there is an estimated 16 billion dollars wagered Holy on the super bowl yeah or that's going to be wagered on the super bowl this year that's just, um, that's i would love to know what the actual number will be i have a feeling it'll final be more total before it'll be more yeah i <laughs> i can't wait to find out honestly i'm i'm very excited to see what the final total is that's actually wagered on the game um but as of right now we're recording thursday night uh i'm just assuming that these lines are going to hold as they are uh, so the Philadelphia Eagles are a one and a half point favorite. There's no juice. It's regular handicap minus 110. 
The over-under is currently 50 and a half, and it's been sitting there for a while. Uh, the juice is slightly to the over, minus 115. On the money line, Philly on uh, FanDuel Sportsbook is minus uh, 122. Yes, 122. Uh, KC is plus 104 on the money line. Those are the odds. Here's where the money is. Currently, in across all regulated books, 59% of the bets are on the Eagles one and a half. So the public likes the Eagles. 60% yeah. of the handle, which is the total money, is also on the Eagles one and a half. So yeah. big money, public betters, all are on the Eagles minus one and a half. Uh, solely at FanDuel, 71% of the bets, 68% of the money are on Philly. Uh, one thing that I find interesting, Scott, yesterday this time when I was putting all this stuff together, the FanDuel... Uh, total of the handle was 76% on Philly. It swung Damn. 8%. Yeah, it swung 8% in the last 24 hours. Damn. Also, another another thing that stands out to me, 60% of the total money across all books, 76 at FanDuel, now 68%. That number has not moved. They are staying on minus one and a half for Philly. So that tells me that the books, for whatever reason, don't want to go past one and a half. They don't yeah. want to give you two. They don't want to give you two or, or more more accurately, probably. Yeah. They don't want to give Kansas City betters two points, two and a half points. This game was never going to get to three, but the fact that they're not even going to two, that yeah. kind of tells me the books are anticipating it to be a close game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's pretty. Yeah. The total, the over under, 56% of the bets are on over 50 and a half. 62% of the handle is on the over 50 and a half. So okay. no surprise there. The public loves the over. And then in terms of the money line, bets are split 50-50 and 57% of the handles on the Eagles minus 122. Um, so no surprise pretty much goes hand in hand with everything that we've been hearing, everything that a lot of people have been saying. Yep. Seems like everybody and their mother's on Philly. Yes. Dude, that's what it feels like. Um, I would implore all of you guys listening to go uh, check out our Twitter if you haven't. Uh, our intern has been putting out a bunch of tweets regarding like Super Bowl hit history, trends, uh, past betting stuff, all that. Lots of really good nuggets that they're putting out there. So go give them a look. We'll give um, them a love. Yeah, go give them a little love. Um, in terms of what I just laid out, the, the, the straight sides, money line, total, spread. Which way do you feel like you're leaning so far? Toward like team totals or, or, or what? No, 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 just just those those three markets: the money line, the total, and the spread. Bro, we'll, get, love, we'll get into props here in a second, but just in those I love, three. I love the Chiefs, dude. I think I think them as underdogs is just such a perfect opportunity to just lay some cash on the Chiefs. I just think I just I love it. Pat Mahomes as an underdog is just uh, give me it. So I think I actually had that written down somewhere. I'll have to find it. But Mahomes' numbers as a dog. It's the first time in his career that he's a dog in the playoffs. I know that for a fact. Yep. Because he's nowhere. He has I think his played one away playoff game. Right. Exactly. Well, other than the let, me see, let me see if I can find uh, the, the number that I wrote down. Okay. Here we go. As an underdog in his career, Pat Mahomes is 7 1 and 1 against the spread. Yeah. Oh, sorry. There was another thing there. Uh, this game, for for your information, um, if Mahomes closes as a dog for the Super Bowl, 
it'll keep him from tying Peyton Manning for the longest streak ever as a betting favorite in the playoffs. Wow. That's crazy. Right? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, Pat Mahomes as a dog is just, I love it. I love it. Seven, one, one, man, against the spread. That's definitely, that's definitely favorable. Uh, all right. Now, I'm, I think once it comes down to it, in terms of like just those straight, those straight sides, I'll probably end up being on Philly minus one and a half. No. No, fuck you. Um, <laughs> I uh, no, I just, I just think, now I will say this. I think depending on how the first quarter goes is going to tell a lot about the game. If yes, you think, I agree with that. yes. If you think Philly is going to score first, which you can bet that at most books, which team to score first. I don't know what the odds are, but you definitely can bet that. If you think Philly is going to score first, I would say bet the Eagles minus one and a half because the Eagles haven't had to play from behind a lot. And like Scoot said, Jalen Hurts is 16 and one as a start of the season. Yeah, that's, but, a, that's you don't accidentally do that. Right. But if you think the Chiefs get out to an early lead and maybe be able to hold that lead into halftime, yep. then I would consider maybe betting the Chiefs because, like, like you said earlier today, Scoot, Jalen Hurts really hasn't had to go shot for shot with anybody, and there aren't a ton of people in the NFL that can go shot for shot with Pat Mahomes. Yep. So I think the first quarter is going to tell a lot about this game depending on who strikes first. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's in the – I mean, obviously, it's in, I think, the Eagles' best interest that they get out firing. They cannot get behind. Um, I think the Chiefs are a little more well-suited to get the come back from behind. Not necessarily with their roster, because I think the Eagles have more playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. But just Pat Mahomes doing Pat Mahomes' wizardry that I'm just like, I'll, I'll trust them until it hits zero. So yeah, I think you're. I think you're correct. I think if they can get out to if the Chiefs can hold them at bay to a couple field goals, um, I think they'll be. I think they'll be okay. I don't love the Chiefs' defense though. I don't. I don't love their D. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. A uh, couple props that I have. I have a bunch, and I'm gonna have to put out all of these props in some fashion that's digestible for our audience uh, because I I have a fuck ton. I have a metric shit ton, um, but. Here are some that I, I like so far, and I'm most likely going to be on when the game comes. First one, have to start out with a bet on the coin toss. It's just you have to. These are the rules that you sign up for when you bet football. Have to bet the coin toss. I'm going to be on tails. I've been on tails for the last two years. Neither time it has come home. So, look, what do they say about a coin toss? It's 50-50, right? Law of averages would say that tails has got to come home at some point. So I'm gonna be on I'm gonna be on tails for the coin toss this year. Okay, oh, it's interesting. I see I see your point there. Eventually, it has to hit. So yeah, just gonna keep going back to the well, man. Okay. Uh, also, another one that I'm gonna be on. Um, this is a stat that the intern put out, I believe, earlier Thursday afternoon. Um, if not, it's it's one of the ones that they are going to put out at some point. Um, the team who wins the coin toss to lose the game. Now stick with me. The last eight winners of the Super Bowl coin toss have deferred and have gone on to lose the game. Yeah. So the last eight Super Bowls, whoever wins the coin toss, they've deferred and they go on to lose the game. 
of the wow. last 12 of the last 12 coin toss winners in the Super Bowl, they've all deferred to the second half. The last team to actually win the coin toss and receive the ball was the Saints in Super Bowl 44 versus the Colts, and they ended up going on to win the game. Wow, that was the last one. I was the last coin toss winner to actually take the ball. Damn, I remember and they, that. And, and they ended up they ended up winning the game. So, and another person brought up a really good point to me earlier today. They could see if the Eagles win the game, Sirianni being like, no, fuck you, we want the ball. You mean when so, coin toss? Yeah, sorry, what did I say? You said the game. Yeah, sorry. I was if, like, well, if Sirianni wins the tell you, the game has already ended. If Sirianni wins the coin toss, I could absolutely see him being like, no, fuck you. We want the game or we want the ball. Give me the ball. Oh, 100%. He's an idiot. So I could definitely see him doing that. <laughs> so if Sirianni wins the coin toss and takes the ball, I might take a, I might take a quick last second fucking heave on Eagles money line. I think you could coach the Eagles and do as just as good of a job as he's done. No. No, I, I think Sirianni is a very good coach. Agreed to disagree. <laughs> I, think uh, he's, but, I think he's been I think he's the, the stereotypical some people hit, are, are born on third base and they think they've hit a triple <laughs> alright no. uh, anyway you bet coin toss winner to win the game no it is currently minus 110 at Sportsbook I think the odds may have come down on this one but if not I'm absolutely going to be on it Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown score plus 110 I feel like yes. anytime you can get Jalen Hurts at plus money to score a touchdown. He is a huge 100%. part of their run game. I love that pick. Yeah. De- definitely going to be on Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown score. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm also going to be on Jalen Hurts under 31 and a half pass attempts. Uh, like I said, I'm leaning towards Philly on this. So I think if Philly's going to win the game, they're going to control okay. the game with the run. Saying, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Jalen doesn't necessarily have to throw it a ton. I think 31 is a high number for him. That is a, that under a lot. Yeah. 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 Under 31 and a half attempts for Jalen Hurts. Okay. Another one player prop Isaiah Pacheco over 48 and a half rush yards. I went through yeah. the rush uh, statistics for both teams away last three, all of it. I think Isaiah Pacheco is just starting to heat up. They're starting to feed him a little bit more and trust him more in that offense. I think so 48 good. and a half. Yeah. I think he I genuinely think he might end up hitting 48 and a half through three quarters and we might not even have to sweat the fourth quarter on this one. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be on Isaiah Pacheco over 48 and a half rush yards. OK. Another rece- uh, player prop that I'm going to be on Dallas Goddard over 46 and a half receiving yards. Okay. Um, I I think everybody's been talking about playoff spags, playoff spags, playoff spags. Steve Spagnuolo is a great defensive coordinator and he seems to turn it on in the playoffs. Um, I saw a stat earlier in the week where it was like uh, Kansas city's linebackers in coverage are like bottom five in the league. So with Devonte Smith, with AJ Brown, I think a yeah. lot of the focus for Kansas city's defense is going to be on the outside. So give yeah. me Dallas Goddard over, over 46 and a half receiving yards against that Kansas city linebackers. Put him in the slot. Find some openings for him, maybe. Yeah. Don't hate that there. Yeah. Uh, also, probably going to be on Dallas Goddard anytime touchdown score. Haven't really made up my Ooh. mind yet. What is um? What is Pacheco's MVP odds? Ooh, that's a good question. Isaiah Pacheco's MVP odds are. Let me pull them up real quick. Plus five thousand. Okay. I mean, that's that's a yeah, that's a wide. It's a pretty steep 
Okay. But who knows, man? Maybe he goes for 80 and touchdowns. That's what I mean. Like, I could very kind of well see him, like, snap off a couple big runs, have a couple touchdowns, and, like, the Chiefs think – or the Eagles being like, all right, we're not going to let Mahomes beat us, and then that's how it – who knows? So, hey, Scoot. Let me uh, let me just you know kind of throw some out there for you. Maybe you don't want to wager it on Isaiah Pacheco, just straight up. Yep. Position of the MVP award, running back slash fullback is plus thirteen fifty. So maybe that's something you kind of throw throw a little flyer on. Yeah, I just don't like. I don't like. I guess it would be Miles Sanders. Yeah. yeah I don't. I don't love him. So. Well, I mean, you look at last last game, though, for Philly, the NFC Championship. Like, Jalen Hurts didn't light it up by any means. Granted, they blew the doors off of San Francisco, but Miles Sanders had two touchdowns. So, who knows? Maybe Miles Sanders goes for 80 and two touchdowns. They win the game 24-20, and he's, in, he's at least in the conversation, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So, Dallas Goddard over 46.5 receiving yards. Isaiah Pacheco over 48.5 rushing yards. Those are the last two I gave out. Um I have three bets for the MVP. I'm going to be on Jalen Hurts at plus 130 just because I think he's probably the most likely to win the award if Philly wins the game. Yes. And yes. plus 130 for him is better than minus 122 on the money line for Philly. So I'm going to be on Jalen Hurts plus 130 MVP. Also going to be on Patrick Mahomes at the same price. He's plus 130 to win MVP. The Chiefs are like plus 104 to win the game. Um, so I'll take the extra 26 cents or whatever it is on Mahomes to win MVP because I think if they win the game, it's gonna have to be on his shoulders. So I'll take I'll take Mahomes for MVP. Also, I've been doing this for the last few years. Position of the MVP defense at plus 790. Whoa. I'm just thinking this is probably gonna come from Philly if it's gonna come from anybody. I think Hassan Reddick, I think. Brandon Graham, I think Linval Joseph, Dominic Sue, all those guys on the defensive front for Philly. I think if they get to Mahomes, they fuck his day up. Maybe it's not a super high scoring game. Maybe Hassan Reddick has two stra- uh, two sacks and a forced fumble or a pick or something. This is more so for the value. Plus seven ninety, I'll take a little bit of a flyer on it. Um, but anyway, MVP position to come from the defense plus seven ninety is what I'm going to be on. Okay. I like that. A uh, few few other ones that are just kind of for fun. Uh, two point conversion attempt in the game, yes, is currently a plus one ten. I could yeah. I could see e- either of these teams just going. Doesn't have to convert, just an attempt. Yeah, plus oh, yeah. absolutely, plus, absolutely. Plus plus one ten, just too good of a too good of value there. I'm gonna be on that. Um, Scott, I know you like this one. Both teams to score points in all four quarters. Plus 1700. Yeah, I'm on that. Oh, all in on it. <laughs> I'm going to be on that for sure. Uh, lowest scoring quarter first is plus 210. I'm going to be on that. I saw some, t- some statistic where it's like the first quarter is generally the lowest scoring quarter in Super Bowl history because teams kind of come out slow, figure each other out, don't want to make a mistake too early. Um, anyway, plus 210. I think that's great value there. Um, also, last prop that I have so far. Distance of the longest field goal. I'm going to go over 46 and a half. And really, this is just because I think both kickers have 55 plus yard legs. Yeah. So 40, 46 and a half, maybe end of the half type deal, end of a quarter, 
they're close to midfield. They want to take a shot. Maybe it's a close game. They want to get some points on the board. They send their kickers out for a long field goal. I think 46 and a half is definitely reachable with these two guys. Yeah, I like that. I like these. Thanks, man. I'm sure I'm going to have more before Sunday, but there's uh, there's a little appetizer for you guys to to chew on. Nice. I like that. Those are cool. Thanks, man. What about you? You got any you got any props you want to give out for the game? As of now, no. I'll be honest. I've been balls deep in, in the school, and I have not been able to look at props yet. I'll be looking at them. <laughs> I'll look at them tomorrow or or today's Thursday, right? I'll probably look at them on Saturday. I'll let you know so we can post. All them. right. All right. Ah! Ah! Probably five six. Uh- <laughs> Uh, all right. That's, that's all we got for betting. Um, there's some other stuff that I wanted to talk about, but I think we really hit the biggest pieces. Um, another one that I just came across and I apologize for kind of throwing this in at the end here in the past since, or excuse me, since 2000 Super Bowl teams with a rookie running back getting 10 carries or more are five and oh. So we just talked about Isaiah Pacheco there. He's the only rookie running back playing in this game. Almost like Vegas knows what's going to happen. Or, you know, there are people with MBAs and doctorates and statistics that, you know, run simulations and spend millions and millions of dollars investing into statistical software to make sure that these lines are tight. But, yeah, NFL rigged. People get scripts. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how Lamar felt when he got his script for the last two seasons. Probably not happy because I'm not. Uh, all right, that's all we got on football. Everybody, please, please, please enjoy the game this week. If you're having a party, be safe. Enjoy it. This is a celebration of football. It's the culmination of another year. Uh, also, remember that this is the last football game that we have until September. So don't take it for granted is all I'm saying. Yeah, it kind of blows. Scott and I will be watching together most likely on Sunday. Yep. Um uh, if anybody is doing anything fun, go ahead. Feel free to to tag us in your uh, in your posts for your Super Bowl party and whatnot. If anybody has some bets that you, you want to throw out there and maybe get some input from us, or just let us know, like, hey, I'm on this, or hey, fuck you guys, I'm fading you here. Please feel free to do so. Tweet at the intern. I'm sure I'm sure our our dumbass intern will have nothing good to say. Um, but any anyways, at the end of the day, enjoy the game, take it all in, uh, don't take it for granted. Um, Definitely don't overserve yourselves, which I most likely will be doing. Uh, but don't, 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 don't be like me. That's all I'm gonna say. No, be like you, or be like me. Put a zero. Uh, last thing: your bets have zero balance on your account. R- responsibly. No, do it. Responsibly wager the farm on the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, last order of business, Scott. Shout out. I think this one's pretty. Pretty fucking obvious. Is it? My guy, Harry Styles, won an album of the year. All you haters can go sit on it and spin because I will never shut up about him winning an album of the year. Morgan Wallen hasn't ever done that because he's a scumbag. Fucking Mike Studd has never done it. And my man, Harry Styles, believed in him since day one. Album of the year. Huge upset on Adele and Lizzo. Just a legend of his craft, and the brother's just getting started. He is so damn good. I listened to it yesterday, and I was taking him out for a walk, my little pup, the nice weather. I was like, God 
damn, this album is so good. It's just, it's groovy, it's fun, it's easy listening, it's just remarkable. And he deserves every ounce of it. In fact, he should have three after the three albums he's put out because he's a legend. He is remarkable. Harry Styles, you handsome son of a bitch, you're remarkable what you do. I will say, I think he's, he was definitely deserving of album of the year for Harry's house. It was an incredible album. Yeah. Um, Thank you. you. Yeah. Harry to be your shout out this week was like minus 4,000. Like that was, that was so obvious, but no, I I was super pumped to see that because like the way that he reacted, it looked like he wasn't expecting it. He he definitely didn't. It was was Adele. I think everyone was pretty, I assumed Adele was winning because I, I was keeping tabs on it. I knew he was nominated for best pop album of the year. I was like, he'll probably win that one. And then when I saw he was nominated for album of the year, I was like, okay, the win both of them probably won't happen. So I went to bed and I saw he won the next morning. And I was just like, my God, my God. Yeah. That was, that was super cool. That was super. I was really happy to see that for him. Um, And me and me and you. Yeah. Big day for you as well. Huge day Uh, for me. Uh, my shout out of the week goes to a guy. This is kind of somber. Um, Tony Saragusa. We mentioned, we mentioned a little bit kind of in passing earlier when we were talking about the Ravens, the bullies of Baltimore doc came out. Like I said, I watched most of it. Um, one, I like, I don't remember that team really. Cause I was just too young. I was like three or something. Yeah. Um, that team was incredible and they're, their feats on the field. I think everybody and their mother has talked about and granted there's an argument to be made that you can't say enough good things about them because they were that fucking good and dominant. They were real good. Um, But shit, man, Tony Saragusa, like there was so much about him that I didn't know as a person, as a locker room guy, like he was, that guy was fucking awesome. And I'm honestly upset that I wasn't like cognizant enough when he was playing to like actually be a fan of his. I think he would, he definitely would have been a guy that I would have loved. Like, he's Italian one Paisan hero. Like he was wearing, he was wearing leather boots and sitting on a Baltimore police car during the parade. Fucking love that. He was a ball buster. Like obviously everybody knows the, I want my restitution from, from Shannon Sharp from hard knocks. Like he just, he was one of those guys, man, that you can't have enough of those guys in your locker room. Um, And obviously he, he unfortunately passed away several months ago, but just shout out to him, man. Shout out to the guy that he was, the player that he was, what he did for the Baltimore defense. Uh, RIP. But shout for out sure. to Tony Saragusa. Shout out to the Goose. Yeah. Legend. 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 All right, folks. Before we get out of here, big game predictions. That's the last thing we have to do. Scott, give me your final prediction on the game. Chiefs 35. Eagles. In between two numbers here, and I'm not quite sure which one I want to do. I'm going to go. Oh, fuck. I'm going to go 28. 28. OT Damn. finish. Damn. 35, okay. OT finish. I thought I was like, I wanted to go 31, but then I'm like, yeah, I want it to be like a one. Like, I want it to be like a OT. OT finish. 35. Okay. So I, okay. Would it, be 30, would it be 34? If it was a touchdown to win the game? Yeah. 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 30, 34, 28. OT. Okay. All right. Uh, my prediction, I'm on the other side. I'm going to go Eagles 29, Chiefs 27. Okay. Okay. I think Fair. it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be real tight. I'm a fan of that. I like that score. All right, folks. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate that. Um, 
All right, folks, you heard it here first. Those are our predictions for the big game. Uh, like I said, everybody enjoy it. Be safe this weekend. If you're drinking, don't drive. Um, no. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, don't do it. I'm, that, was, that was to the people. Like, like no. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Stern to fair. Uh, all right, folks. That's it. Scott, take us out. Babe, stay hydrated. Always. I said. Keep going. Peace. Drop my eye, pull me closer, and never let me